the Wednesday show, Hump Day. And you know what? I have to remind people that Wednesday is Grade the Trade Day, so feel free to send in your trades with a Grade the Trade subject line. I am Adam Azer with Chris Tower. Scott White will be joining us soon, and this is Fantasy Baseball Today. Our email address is fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. A quick trivia question from Mr. Chris Towers. Are you ready? Yes. All right, you got it right. That was the question. Are you ready? Oh, so good at trivia. The other question is, who has a higher OPS right now, Bryce Harper or Freddie Freeman? Uh, Bryce Harper seems like the obvious answer, so I'll go with Freddie Freeman. Otherwise, you wouldn't be asking. It's Bryce Harper, reverse psychology or something like that. But, man, they played yesterday, and they're both amazing. Bryce Harper has a 1742 OPS. Freddie Freeman, a 1507 OPS. Yeah, those guys have combined for, like, 17 walks and two strikeouts between them, I think. Some Maybe of, one strikeout. Some of our listeners must have drafted them both in the first two rounds. Like, very realistic one-two. Go, going well. Yes. It's Hope working you're out okay for them so far. All right, so yesterday, to me, was a very normal day. No major injuries. Yeah. Not like nothing major, right? No, uh, some, you know, Shoemaker, Cruz on the DL, but nothing like uh, c- catastrophic. Um, good starting pitching, guys that are available that we can look to add. The, the base dealers stole some bases, but I heard something really interesting about the humidor, and I'm excited to talk about it. But let's get to three starting pitchers who are available in our in leagues, some more than others. Uh, and whether or not we want to pick them up, Captain Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals. Five innings, six hits, one run, one walk, nine strikeouts, 15 swinging strikes for Captain Jack Flaherty, 64% owned. Jake Junis, seven scoreless at Detroit, 12 swinging strikes on 87 pitches, six strikeouts. Again, scoreless work for Jake Junis. He's 45% owned. And Marco Gonzalez, 39% owned. He will surely be last on this list, but he pitched well for the Mariners at the Giants. Six and a third, three runs, two strikeouts. Jack Flaherty, Jake Junis, Marco Gonzalez. Who's your favorite, and how excited are you to be adding these guys? Jack Flaherty is by far my favorite of this group. He has the best stuff. The only question for Jack Flaherty really is, what's his role going to be? Adam Wainwright is expected to make his return to the rotation, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, and that does not leave Jack Flaherty with a rotation spot. But they can't get, they can't leave this guy out of the rotation, right? You know, I think they probably will short term. Sure, yeah. That my expectation would be that he he probably goes back to AAA. But between Miles Michaelis, Adam Wainwright, who Let's be honest. Adam Wainwright's had a great career. Uh, I'm not going to be quite as dismissive of Adam Wainwright as Scott was on Twitter. I don't know if you saw no, his I tweet where he said Adam Wainwright can suck an egg. No, I didn't. Which seemed a little, a little dismissive to a former Cy Young Award winner. Uh, but Adam Wainwright is cooked. He, he's done. And so whether it's another injury to Adam Wainwright, whether it's underperformance, whether it's just Miles Michaelis can't keep the ball in the yard and loses his rotation spot. Jack Flaherty will get another chance, and he'll get another chance soon. And what he showed last night was really impressive against a very, very tough Milwaukee Brewers lineup. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers lineup that actually came back and won that game with back-to-back home runs, including a Ryan Braun walk-off. His slider is ridiculous. Yeah, he pitched pretty well. He pitched only five innings uh, and started to get hit a little bit harder as the game went Mm -hmm. on. 
and I'm sure you watched a lot of that. Yeah. But we can't scrutinize too much. It was really good. And I, what I've noticed is that I'm, I'm watching all these pitchers and trying to get a personal sense of who I like. And even if I just keep some of it private because I don't, I don't want to sit here and act like a scout. But, you know, <laughs> most of the time I watch a pitcher, like Matt Harvey last night was not, not nearly as impressive as the final numbers he, indicate. He was, ba- I, I'm no, he sure wasn't when bad. Scott gets here, we'll do the, we'll do the, the Matt Harvey Rorschach test. He wasn't uh, bad. He'll think he was good. I'll think he was bad. He wasn't bad. Let's, let's be, let's be fair here, but he was not the throwing very hard. He gave up one hit and he gave up two base runners. Uh, yeah. I don't know if there were errors. It was an error. I don't know if there were hit batsmen, but five innings, one hit, no runs, one walk, five strikeouts. I'm sorry. I know that like the stuff didn't look great. And even the write up on CBSports.com, one of our right. writers said like this, the results were better than the stuff, but you cannot say he was bad. I will not I'll, allow will you just, to say I'll that. I'll just say this on another day. He would have been bad. If he throws those exact same pitches, all those thigh-high 91-mile-an-hour fastballs and sliders right around the belt, he's he looks he looks like the same guy he did last year with worse velocity. I completely agree with that. That's Matt Harvey we're talking about. There was one thing that encouraged me, though. It was actually that J. Reese Familia's velocity was down like three miles per hour yesterday. And I'm thinking that the weather might have been a factor. It was a cold, gross, rainy, ugly day in New York. So that's just a little bit of positive. But, yes, you look at Matt Harvey, and the results were a lot better than the stuff. That said, would you drop, drop Harvey for Flaherty? I would rather have Flaherty than Harvey, yes. Okay. I'm not, not quite sure I'd go there. Scott's yet. here. Scott is here. We just had the Matt Harvey discussion, Scott. Sorry. We cannot go back. Oh, we'll go back. No more Matt Harvey talk. Scott, no would, more would, Matt would Harvey you talk. drop Matt Harvey for Jack Flaherty? Would I drop Matt Harvey for Jack Flaherty? No, I wouldn't be looking to drop Matt Harvey at all after yesterday's start. Not that it wasn't, not that it wasn't another questionable start. Okay. Like, I feel like spring training and this start combined, I look at the results and I'm not sure whether I can call it a good start or a bad start. That's the, been going on. The real question is how did Bobby Cox think he looked? <laughs> Uh yeah, it's too it's too early to say. But but um Flaherty's a guy that you want to have even if he uh gets sent back down. Yep. Yep, he's, definitely. He's if he gets sent down, he would definitely be the top minor leaguer to stash. But you know, let's talk about Junis because Junis is not going to get sent down. Would you rather have Junis or Flaherty? Uh-huh. I'd rather have Flaherty. Like Junis has a rotation spot and that is valuable, but uh, he was good yesterday. I just, I think he is good. I think Jack Flaherty's a lot better. Probably, uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's a good chance Jack Flaherty is, you know, kind of going to make the kind of impact Luis Castillo did down the stretch last season. Like, I think I think it's a a, a similar talent level. Um, but it's since it's not clear exactly when he is going to have hold of a rotation spot, and um. Like I, I think Jake Junis. There's a good chance he becomes a must start, not must start, but a must own pitcher in his own right. And um, yeah, I, I think I'd, I think I'd lean that direction. Like I feel like most people listening can probably have both. There's probably somebody else you can cut. Right. That's what I want to do. Actually, I, I want to take a look at, at starting pitch. Here's an email we just got from Jake. Just came in. Jake from Wisconsin, uh, and State Farm. Good morning. Jake Junis? No. <laughs> Good morning, Lorenzo, Christian, and Ryan. Those are 
Brewers. I've heard of those guys. Thoughts on Skaggs, Flaherty, Taiwan Walker. He's looking for end of the rotation help. Skaggs, Flaherty, Taiwan Walker. Honestly? Well, honestly, the one I'd least want of those is Skaggs. But I wouldn't have a problem since we're bringing up Taiwan Walker. Like, if it came to that, I wouldn't have a problem dropping him for either Junis or Flaherty. Right, so let's take a look at some starting pitchers and just ownership percentage and who can be dropped. Because, look, Ronaldo Lopez, even Skaggs himself, Junis, Jack Flaherty, and probably forgetting someone, uh, these are starting pitchers that we'd like to have a piece of here. So who can we drop that's widely owned? Give me one second here. This was an unplanned segment uh, of starting pitchers. Going to look at ownership percentage, and here we go. All right, so how about Jordan Montgomery, 89%. He had a good start yesterday, but 88% owned. No, I'm hanging on to him. I mean, there there are concerns about how long the Yankees will ever let him pitch into a game. He might not uh, see a number three hitter a third time at all this season. Um, but he's good. Yeah, I mean, if it came to it, would I drop him for Junis? Probably not. Okay. Probably not. Yeah, it's a close call. Patrick Corbin. No. No. Okay, how about Jay Happ pitched yesterday, 92% owned. I mean, that's one of those guys that, like, he's always going to have some value, but... He's always good. It's pretty clear what his ceiling is, too, and it's it's not a must-start, you know? So... Yeah, he's an interesting one. Like, in a shallower league, I think I could drop Happ for Junis. Or Or Flaherty. Yeah. Yeah. How about how about uh, Tyler Chatwood? Yeah, I would drop Chatwood for either of those guys. Me too. It, it wasn't a surprise that this guy was bad yesterday, but Julio Tehran, 87% owned. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to drop him, but I would if I had to. Yeah. yeah. Did they have whatever the opposite of a humidor is <laughs> in Atlanta last night? Only what he pitches. Because that game was ridiculous. Not no. AJ Cole gave up like fourteen runs. Well, yeah, he's. Yeah, he's but AJ Cole's game. definitively bad. He also right? homered. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was responsible for thirty-seven runs in that game. <laughs> um, Jake Odorizzi, seventy-nine percent owned. You drop Odorizzi for Flaherty or Junis? Easily. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Easily. Alex Cobb, seventy-five percent owned. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Zach Davies, seventy five percent owned. Yes. Very easily. Right. So there are there are uh, guys that are that are more easily dropped. It's CC Zabathia, sixty five percent owned. Yes. yes. Fulton Nevich, sixty four percent owned. Yeah. Yeah. These guys can be dropped. All right, cool. Uh quick thought on Marco Gonzalez, guys. Thirty nine percent owned for Marco Gonzalez, six and a third, three runs, two strikeouts. uh yeah, three runs? Yeah. Two strikeouts uh at San Francisco. He did give up two homers. I'm keeping my eye on him. He was yeah. you know, kind of a a pretty hyped prospect. Back in the day for the Cardinals, had some arm issues and had a good spring, but this this start isn't really moving the needle yeah, for me. Nothing jumped out yesterday. Neither the the velocity nor the the swing strike rate, any of that. It it was just kind of meh. Yeah, the Joe Panic jumped out. We'll talk about him in a bit. Hey, uh, I yeah, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. I am disappointed oh, that the Giants finally scored a non Joe Panic run yesterday. That's really that's really upsetting. I was hoping. There was a point, I believe, before Evan Longoria hit his two-run home run that the Giants had three runs on the season, and they were all Joe Panic solo home runs. I was really hoping they could keep that going. Yeah, I wanted to clarify that was Chris jumping in mm-hmm. because you said Scott, and it. I, I, he doesn't want anyone to think that the dumb thing he no, no, said no, was it's actually just, <laughs> It's come to my attention based on tweets and emails that 
people can't tell the difference between us sometimes. I don't know if it's because they're listening to us in the chipmunk voices trying to get through the podcast faster. Maybe. I'm the one you hate. I don't think Scott and Chris sound like I do know that Scott and I sound alike. So yeah. Scott, when if you're you like, listening in normal speed, if you'd yeah. like to do the sports line promo, you can, or I can do it. Nobody, uh, I don't have my email open, so all right, nobody will know the no. difference. Uh, all right, listen, yeah, sportsline.com. I hope you've used it. Great projections for fantasy and of course non-fantasy sports. Great stuff for the Masters. So there's a special offer right now. Sportsline.com, fifty percent off your first month. I believe it's only ten bucks a month. It's really a steal. Uh, if you like to put wagers on games, you know, um, 50% off the first month with Sportsline. If you go to sportsline.com slash join and use the promo code SCORE, the promo code is SCORE. And you've got the Sportsline prediction model, which is built by Mike McClure, our DFS pro. You can hear on the opening line, or <laughs> that's the old Sportsline podcast, the Sportsline DFS podcast. You can hear Mike McClure. Last year, he nailed the Masters and the U.S. Open. Check it out. Go to sportsline.com. Slash join and use the promo code SCORE for half off your first month. Sportsline.com promo code is SCORE. This is a website that's really going to be great for any sports fan, by the way. So I think you'll like it. All right, here we go. This is big. was watching the Diamondbacks game last night. The Arizona announcers, they said the humidor is having an effect. They They said it's easy to see, basically. And then either the next pitch or two pitches later, David Peralta homered off Clayton Kershaw. That was... Uh... Two lefties homered off Clayton Kershaw, and neither of them is good. It was really bizarre. David Peralta and Daniel Descalso homered off Clayton Kershaw. And this, there's been a lot of talk about Clayton Kershaw's uh, velocity being down. Nobody's worried about that, right? Do you know the last time two lefties homered off Clayton Kershaw in the same game? The second start of last year, right? Well, it's sort of a trick question. Two okay. different lefties have never done it. Okay. One lefty has homered off Kershaw in the same game twice, three times, uh, three oh, okay. separate times. But this was the first time that two different lefties homered off Kershaw oh. in the same game. Uh, he that's, said that's pretty fun. He said, you know, this has happened. This kind of happened early last year with lefties, and those were the only two runs he gave up. Um, but yeah, no, I think the humidor is interesting because I was watching that game, and Zach Godley didn't really have his best stuff last night, and there was one inning. He gave up some really loud outs, and he gave up a, a fly ball to to Puig in center field that was crushed, and it was about it was I don't even think it reached the warning track. So that is when it was right after that coming out of the break that the announcers, I think it's Bob Brenly and Steve Berthume, were saying that they are seeing the effects of a humidor, and then of course, great timing, uh, Peralta homered off. Was it Peralta or Descalso? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Both when of them homered. That okay, time, that was Peralta. But... He homered off Kershaw. But I did think it was interesting for the the guys who have seen the Humidor the most to say, with yeah. without any hesitation, that it has had an effect. I I'm, think so. That's the thing. Like, it, it's easy to do this confirmation bias thing one way or the other. Where, okay, they there was a decent run scoring game where some guys hit home runs. So clearly. The humidor is not having an effect here, but we're not really going to know until we have we need a sample size, a lot of data, and until until somebody is willing to take on the pro, pro uh, the project of it will happen uh, mining very shortly, mining sure. and compiling that data, which I don't trust myself to do very well, <laughs> but I'm sure there's there's a lot of smart baseball writers out there, and somebody's going to take it on eventually, and then we'll know a lot more. All right, let's go through the rest of the news and notes. Matt Shoemaker on the DL with a forearm strain. What are they going to do about their little six-man six man rotation? They're probably going to have a five-man rotation. Uh, right? I mean, 
I mean, th- I'm sure there's somebody they could call up. Nick Trapiano was healthy and uh, this spring and got sent down. So, like, I'm, I'm under the assumption that to make this pitcher and hitter Otani thing work, he he can't start every fifth day. It has to be every sixth day. And, but there's uh, there's after last and stuff. Yeah, I mean, they, they may be able to work around it for a while, but uh, obviously, based on the way last night went, they're not looking to move Otani off DH anytime soon. No, he had a three-run homer. He had a very nice game. Nelson, three hits. Nelson Cruz is on the DL with a sprained ankle. Could be just a minimum stay for him. Jed Jerko on the DL with a hamstring strain. Will Myers is day-to-day. He has back and triceps injuries. Jake Lamb is on the DL with a shoulder sprain, guys. What's the impact here? Jake Lamb, DL. I haven't seen, like, an official timetable, but I did see that um, Tori Lavulo. Lavello. Lavello, the Diamondbacks manager. It looks like Lavulo. It does. But it's Lavello, Adam tells me. (laughs) Um, He he hoped it'd be the minimum stay. All right, we've got 80% owned and less. Or, yeah, less than it, yeah. Evan Longoria. No, he's 86% owned. Eugenio Suarez, Matt Davidson. Jan Hervis Salarte, Ryan Healy, Brandon Drury, Michael Franco, Todd Frazier, Josh Harrison, Matt Chapman. Do any of these third basemen stand out to you? Suarez, Davidson, Salarte, Healy, Drury, Franco, Frazier, Harrison. Oh, certainly Suarez. Suarez is good. Yeah. Here, here's the – so last week, I guess on Thursday or Friday after the, the big game, we had the, well, why not take a shot on Matt Davidson? He had a big game. Maybe this is – at what point – do you realize that he's still Matt Davidson? Like he's yeah. got one hit in his last three games. He struck out three times last night. I mean, the thing about Matt Davidson homering three times in the opener is th- it's he not like power. it's not like that's not yeah, Matt Davidson. Yeah, he has power. So I'm I'm usually front of the line for um, let's take a shot on this guy. Everybody's attention is being drawn to right now just to see what happens. But I I really wasn't part of that charge with yeah. Davidson because I feel like. I'm not surprised if he hits three homers in a game, you know, maybe three homers, but you know, if he has like a two homer game, he hit 26 and like 400 at bats last year. So that shouldn't be surprising. It's also not surprising. He strikes out when he strikes out three times, like he did last night. That's, that's who he is. And there actually are a lot of third basemen that are usable. If you need a lamb replacement as Drupal Cabrera that are owned in 40% of league or less Cabrera, Candelario, uh, Brian Anderson, Derek Dietrich, they're off to nice starts, so it, it's a deep position right now. Yep. Okay, uh, St. Louis-Milwaukee was the first game in baseball history to begin and end with <laughs> back-to-back home runs. Very cool stuff. Pretty cool. Houston, are you guys getting a World Series ring from the Astros? I have three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Among the 1,332 that they have given out. They're actually beautiful. Like the nicest They are I've really ever nice. Yeah, great job. Uh, Michael Conforto, Conforto could return in a couple days. Austin Hedges is day-to-day, sore back. JT Realmuto hopes to return in about two weeks. Carlos Correa is going to sit today due to his toe. Quick lineup notes. Ryan McMahon, 56% owned. By the way, the Correa thing is fine. They're just giving him two consecutive days Yeah, he days had an inside-the-park home run last night, right? It looked like he was running fine to me. Yeah, yeah, they just want to give him a little time. They have a day off Thursday, so two days off. Uh, Ryan McMahon, 56% on. He started. He went 0 for 3 with a walk and a strikeout. Scott, oh, Good job, Ryan. Yeah, right? Way to take advantage. Scott Kingery has started three straight games after sitting the opener. Woo. Yay. 86% yeah. on. Woo. Woo. 
and uh, Domingo Santana sat, but he's likely to play today. Let's talk about the standouts. Let's talk about the hitters. I'm going to throw out the first standout you guys can can pile on. Christian Villanueva. we got to talk about this guy. 4% owned. 3 for 3 with 3 home runs. This is Padres third baseman Christian Villanueva. None of his home runs traveled farther than 400 feet. Should mention that. Any interest in Christian Villanueva? I mean, he hit well at AAA last year. Yeah. He hit well in a very, very brief minor league or major league stint last year. Right. He has like seven home runs and 40 40 major league at bat. I, I, I think he's, he and whatever, whatever stats it is, seven and however many games, he and Trevor Story are the only two to do it ever. Um, and he, it's only Chase Headley in his way. So like, I, I feel like this is going to earn him more playing time. Um, Andy Green seemed to indicate as much. I don't know if it means he's going to be an everyday player, but I will tell you, Adam, in, in our 16 team head to head categories league where we share a team and we just lost Jake Lamb. Once I saw the results of this game, I went to see if he was available. He is not. That's one of the 90, that's one of the 4% of leagues where he's owned. <laughs> well, this is going um, away, but we, but we have Derek Dietrich, so I will just ask, who would you rather have, Dietrich or Villanueva? Dietrich. Villanueva's upside's higher. You know, so if he does become a full-time player, then I, you know, I, I could see him becoming a lineup fixture easily, easier than I could Dietrich. It's kind of interesting. I don't know just because it was so late last night and people didn't see it, but a much different reaction to this three homer game than Matt Davidson's three homer game. Uh, like blowing away, but I mean, I mean it's I opening even, day. I didn't opening day is always going to generate a different reaction because there's nothing behind it. But I, mm-hmm. I mean, I admit I did not even remember that he did well in a in a short call up last year. And it's it's a much better profile. I mean, he he didn't have the crazy strikeout rate you often see from. Um, home run hitters in the minors. And, uh, you know, he's 26, so it's kind of a late bloomer thing. But it, it was more just that he was blocked in the Cubs organization by Chris Bryant. That's that's kind of the reason it's taken him so long to get a shot. Rebuilding team like the Padres is the perfect chance. Sure, but, but we must caution that he is not, unlike Matt Davidson, he's not an everyday player yet. So it is just Chase Headley. But it, you know, and is it, it is it Villanueva or Villanueva? Because I, I feel like I called them both in this discussion. That I that I don't know. I will no. get on that. Nah. Uh, we'll get we are not the go-to for pronunciation uh, names. I usually am. Uh, I just got an email from Zach. Says he wants Villanueva. Couldn't bring myself to drop McMahon for him, but I'm dropping Mats or Devin Travis or Nick Williams for Via Villanueva. <laughs> Fine with that. I don't know. I wouldn't drop Mats for him. The other I guys. wouldn't. Who were the other two? Devin Travis and Nick Williams. Yeah, either of those would be would be fine. I mean, yeah, the I don't fact like Nick Williams isn't them. playing every day. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just, all right. You know what? I know I said that you guys were going to get to do standouts, but let me speed it up. Didi Gregorius, huge game, two home runs, eight RBIs. Tim Anderson, three for four with a home run and two steals. He now has, I think, three homers and three steals this year. Yeah. Uh, Josh oh, yeah. Reddick, 62% owned. Anderson's also 62% owned. Reddick went two for four with two home runs. This is not a home run hitter, so this was uh, rare for him. He did homer off a lefty, though, a righty and a lefty. So, DD, Tim Anderson, Josh Reddick, big time hitters yesterday. Uh, you guys have any thoughts? I, I mean, I'm encouraged to see that Anderson's already up to three steals because that was the hope for him after, uh, 
He finally showed that ability last September, stealing more than 50% of his bases for the season that month. Uh, and so I, I drafted him late in a couple Roto Leagues, hoping he would be a sneaky steal source. And so far, that's shaping up pretty nicely. And he's only been on base four times that weren't a home run. Uh-huh. So he's running a lot when he gets the <laughs> opportunity. Yeah. Um, Tim Anderson or Ahmed Rosario? I mean, if you need, st- we have both of these in that that team we share, Adam. Yeah. Um, we started Ahmed Rosario this first week. I think we got to go Tim Anderson next week as a starter. And if we're doing that, Ahmed Rosario has a lot more upside. Uh, like Tim Anderson <clears throat> could really be a drain on your batting average. Uh, he could end up being a pretty empty source of steel. Like he could be Michael Taylor last year, which is a valuable player. But he doesn't walk at all. But I don't think it's he struck out twenty six percent of the time last year. Yeah, I know. And yeah, at points leagues, like Anderson's really a roto or category specialist. Yeah. I don't think you want him in points leagues. His walk, his Whereas Rosario, so Rosario could easily hit three hundred. He could. You know, I know his there, there play, that play discipline was really bad last season, but I'm thinking specifically like the only leagues where I drafted either of them were roto leagues because they yeah. were the only ones with big enough roster sizes to justify it, and I was drafting both primarily for the help and steals. Um, certainly if it's a keeper situation, Rosario is probably the way to go. But if you if you need steals yep. from your middle infielder, I think I'd rather have Anderson. And he'll get an extra play appearance every day that Ahmed Rosario won't batting ninth. Yeah, and, and here's what I – real quick on Redick. you think he's under-owned, over-owned, or is his porridge just right at 62%? How many daily leagues are there? Because he's not going to play against lefties pretty much. And so – He's someone you want in your lineup against righties, but probably not in a weekly mixed league unless there's a lot of righties coming up. He's going to show up in top 10 sleeper hitters a lot, a lot this week. <laughs> okay. Uh, this year. He did, I think, this week. Redick is, uh, like I said, 62% on. Redick is a guy I like a lot against the righty in DFS, FanDuel, DraftKings, Draft App, whatever it is. Had him in my lineup last night. Oh, I've finished second in the draft app on the draft app with the listeners yesterday. I thought I had a good lineup. Verlander kind of let me down, to be quite honest. I want to say something about Didi Gregorius. Okay, you, if you give him an extra month because he missed about a month, I think he debuted April 28th last year. I, I think he would have been a top four or five, maybe top three or four shortstop last year. He was he was awesome. And my concern with Didi was that they were going to change the ball, and he's a guy who basically just relies on homers, but he's good at it, and he scores runs and he drives in runs because of it. Well, it doesn't seem like they changed the ball, and I mean, Gregorius could end up being a steal considering he was going in about the ninth round. Agree? Disagree? Yep. Okay. I guess uh, he, not, he's not much else to say. he's good. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure he would be good in 2013. I'm not sure he would be good if he played in Boston, right, or Miami. But given the factors that have conspired in his career. Him playing in the Yankees, him playing with the juice ball, he's good. And there's also this better plate discipline. After the All-Star break, 15 walks, 31 strikeouts. Now, he's not going to walk a lot, but that's better plate discipline. Postseason, 7 walks, 12 strikeouts. So far this year, 3 walks, 1 strikeout for Didi Gregorius. He just keeps on getting better. Blake Parker pitched in a non-save situation last night, guys. Was that important to you? It, I noticed it. I'm not sure it's terribly meaningful. Um he obviously was terrible his first two outings, and I think it's pretty common to bring, particularly since that's date back, the struggles date back to spring training, bring him in a lower leverage situation, a big lead over the Indians. Um, 
I don't I don't know that it means anything. It was the eighth inning. I, I'm still assuming he's the primary option for saves there. Drop or hold Giancarlo Stanton. What do you guys think? Over five. Boo! <laughs> Boo! I had to listen to Yankees fans all offseason telling me that Miami didn't deserve Giancarlo Stanton. They're not good fans. He had to go to a team that deserved him. He has one bad game, and they start booing him. Boo, New York. Boo. I, that is my favorite. That is my like least favorite angle. That you know, loudmouth writers and and uh, you know, talking heads take. They're pretty much always from New York, and they pretty much always <laughs> say, "You fans in this area don't deserve this guy. You don't deserve to have nice things. Like that's just not nice." Look, I'm and I'm very offended I'm by just, all this. After one season where the Yankees were almost not the villains, and you could feel okay, like, hey, I don't mind if the Yankees win. I'm so glad that you guys are doing this stuff again. <laughs> it it feels it's like a warm blanket. Baseball. I'm so needs happy it. the Yankees are the villains again. Baseball oh, needs it's it. so much better. <clears throat> it's good for baseball. All right, guys, tell me your tell me your standouts. But first, I gotta tell you something, guys. Gentlemen out there, we need to talk about your hair. 66% of men start losing their hair by age 35. It's pretty bad. When you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. Alright, get on it early. Be proactive. And luckily for all of you, there is forhims.com. F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com. Actually, you wanna go to forhims.com slash FBT for a special offer. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, for skincare, for sexual wellness, for men. For Hims has medical grade solutions, real doctors offering well known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Okay, this is legit stuff. There's no waiting room, no awkward doctor visits. You can save hours by going to forhims.com. Just go to forhims.com slash FBT, you answer a few quick questions. A doctor will review and prescribe and send you something directly to your door in generic packaging for privacy purpose purposes. And it's not just hair loss, by the way, on 4 They have a lot to offer for men, so check it out. I want you to order right now. Here's the special offer. Our listeners get a trial month of everything you need to keep your hair for just 5 bucks today when you – while supplies last, by the way – but when you sign up at 4 slash FBT. See the website for details. This would normally cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or to a pharmacy. You can get it for 5 bucks. 4 slash FBT. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash F-B-T. Again, one more time, forhims.com slash F-B-T. Good stuff. All right, standouts for you guys. Tommy Pham. Yeah, Tommy. Three hits last night, including his first home run of the season. No strikeouts. He stole a base. There was a great Sports Illustrated article about him where he said the F word a bunch of times. <laughs> great day for Tommy Pham. He seems to be seeing the ball. Just fine. Four walks in five games. Yeah. 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 He's, he's fine. And I, and that's a big sigh of relief for him because you know. And for Scott. I had, for me, that's what I meant <laughs> to say. A big sigh of relief for me because you know I have a lot of shares in him. Yeah. I just, it just seems like the eye is the thing that could keep him back. And hopefully they have it under control. Right now it looks pretty good. I uh, highly recommend that Sports Illustrated piece, by the way. It's very entertaining. It gives you a, his background, his story, his approach to the game. He is, an obsessive baseball guy. Nice. Scott and Who has a lot of funny things to say. Standouts for you, including the effort, apparently. Scott, standouts for you. Um, I think I'm going to be, you know, obviously very excited when Ronald Acuna gets called up. 
but also a little sad that Preston Tucker isn't going to be have a regular lineup spot anymore because he has been on fire here to begin the season, had an awesome spring, obviously was once a highly was once considered an exciting up and coming bat for the Astros and just kind of got pushed aside for bigger prospects. Uh, but three run homer and a double yesterday. I think he's batting over 400 on the year. Doesn't wear batting gloves and swings a bat like he doesn't wear batting gloves. Seems to have really good control of the strike zone. And, um, I, I hope events will conspire to, you know, make him the go-to and right over Nick Marcakis, or I guess probably Acuna and right and Tucker and left. But I'm not counting on it. Oh, and you know what? I'm seeing a better one here. Want me to do another one? Sure. Because Tucker's probably limited to deeper leagues because of the playing time. Impending playing time loss. But uh, Jose Arena start yesterday. Equal to equal to career high with seven strikeouts and seven innings with one earned run allowed. And what I noticed is he threw his slider 37.6% of the time. Rarely threw it that often last year. Uh, obviously... A pitcher's best breaking ball is going to be a better swing and miss pitch than his fastball, so it's normally a good thing when he's leaning on it more. Arena throws hard, so like you see, you you can see how the potential is there for him to become an actual asset and not just this guy that has a suspiciously low ERA like he was last year. Uh, I'm not rushing to pick him up. He's obviously not on the level of a Jake Junis or Ryan Flair or Jack Flaherty. but it was interesting enough against the Red Sox for me to keep an eye on it, and particularly his slider usage. Interesting. Jose Urania, 31% owned, must be a two-star pitcher this week. That's Oh, now you're calling him Urania. It's Urania. It is Urania. This one yeah, I know. So baseball reference is just wrong. I, I, that's what I argued when Adam was calling him Urania on op- after opening day. But I had okay, always so been so calling we're him Urania. Officially, just... we're deciding here and now we're always going to call him Jose Arania. It is Arania, yes. Arania, okay. Uh, all right, I'm going to ask you if you have any rankings risers, Scott, and then I have three players that I feel like maybe could have been rising in your rankings, and we'll see if I'm right. So have you made any adjustments to your rankings? Who are some interesting risers for you? So I'm going to do a more thorough look at that uh, at this uh, today in leading up to the first trade chart of the season. But... Um, I would say, uh, other than the guys we've talked about, uh, Flaherty's obviously a riser. Junis is obviously a riser. I might, I might be moving Chase Anderson down after the way, well, the, the, the way his season has started. Yeah. Obviously, yesterday was awful. Four and runs, eight hits, three home runs, and four innings. But the bigger issue is that both of his starts here, he's been, his fastball's been like 91-92 as opposed to the 93-94 it was last year. And that was kind of the key to his whole turnaround. Mm, yeah, and, you know, it's early, so maybe he'll get it back still. But uh, I don't have the confidence I did in him two weeks ago. Okay. I do want to point out, we, I think we have reached, I think we reached peak velocity last year. Uh, velocity around the league is actually down like, it's like 0.1 mile per hour so far, but it's the first time it's been down, I think, ever since pitch track, pitch effects has been tracking it. So something to keep in mind, there do appear to be some velocity losers around the league, and it it's not just an isolated thing. Okay. 
Well, Scott, let me throw three names at you. Tell me if you think you're going to be moving them up in your rankings. I probably should look at your rankings right now. But guys who are off to good starts. Jerry's Familia, first of all, it's clear he's the closer. And he has two saves now. And he struggled yesterday, and he has walked three. Jerry's Familia in an inning and a third. He does have four strikeouts. He's given up only one hit. Yesterday wasn't great. The velocity was down, but in his first two appearances, he was throwing gas. Looked a lot better. Is Jerry's Familia someone that that you would that would be rising in your rankings? I I didn't really lower him based on some of those concerns that popped up this spring. I figured that was just noise. And uh, the only reason I'd, he'd rise for me is if other closers in front of him fell. But I can't think of anyone who would fit that description right now. Maybe Hector Neris. It wouldn't be a big move. Okay. Yeah, the other thing, I think the Mets are, are at least respectable. I think I picked them to finish second in the division. I know you guys did not, but. I did. Oh, you did? I'm sorry. I'm an idiot then. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think they're, they're respectable at, at worst. Uh, Jose Martinez. He only has one extra base hit, Scott, but one walk, one strikeout, and he's batting 444. Uh, Jose? Yeah, Jose Martinez. Oh, okay. I, I thought I had the pronunciation for that name wrong too. Does he have like some kind of dramatic arm injury in his past because like he cannot throw the ball it's really bizarre like i saw him like try to make an easy throw to say i mean he ail railed one on opening day but there were like he just cannot throw the ball it's really weird but he can hit ace can certainly hit and i have i have already moved him up my ranking significantly just because it's it's obvious now he's an everyday player for the cardinals and i i like the batted ball profile a lot i think uh I think he's like a ready-made 300 hitter with, you know, at least 25 homer power. So would you prefer Jose Martinez or Yuli Gurriel? Martinez. Uh, Martinez, I think. I think Gurriel is kind of the downside for Martinez. Okay. Boy, first base is deep, huh? Yeah. Uh, And how about Joe Panic? 57% own. He is on his way to a career year. He's never hit more than 10 homers. He already has three. Joe Panic, anyone? I mean, here's the thing about Joe Panic. There probably is more power in him than we're giving him credit for. All 10 of his home runs last year came on the road, but he still has the same home park. Now, it was, it was cool that he hit that home run yesterday, that, that a splash hit. There haven't been that many of those. Uh, so he, he's, he can home, hit home runs at, at home still, but it's like for most left-handed hitters, it's, it's, uh, it's daunting. It's daunting for him and, um, I don't see him being like a 20 homer guy suddenly because of it. Panic or Moncada? Moncada. I, sure. You know what? I could see Panic being more valuable than Moncada in, in points leagues, especially this year. I could definitely see it. Hardly strikes out at all. It's not as dependent on the counting stats that format. But you gotta, you gotta stick with the high upside Moncada right now. Yeah, Panic's the kind of guy only in a points league. Where, you know, you get an injury at second base and the waiver wire is not good. If he's there, you can plug him in and, and feel okay about it. He's always been solid in that format. Uh, all right. How about some deep league targets? I usually save this for the end of the show, but uh, deep league guys, do you have any interest in any of these three pitchers? San Diego starting pitcher Tyson Ross. Detroit starting pitcher Matt Boyd. Philadelphia starting pitcher Ben Lively. Tyson Ross, Matt Boyd, Ben Lively. I feel like the only one who I would say – pitched well yesterday was Matt Boyd and I mean obviously the fact he gave up one earned run in six innings that's good but one strikeout would probably 
caused most of us to ignore him. 11 swinging strikes, though. Respectable number. Probably should have had more strikeouts than he did. Uh, it's just one start, and, you know, it's not like I was excited about him coming into the year, but he has shown flashes in the past, has a good minor league track record, and somebody to keep an eye on. I, I want to watch Tyson Ross. He didn't. The I was watching the Padres broadcast, I think, last night, and they said he didn't have the feel for the slider until very late in the game, but it looked better as the game went on. And that's his bread and butter pitch. It's the kind of only real plus pitch that he has at this point in his career. But if he can get the feel for that and start racking up swings and misses, which he didn't last night, uh, he'll definitely be interesting. And deep league hitters, we already talked about Preston Tucker, who's 4% owned. Howie Kendrick is 8% owned, filling in for Daniel Murphy. He's got four doubles, batting 368. And Toronto shortstop Aledmus Diaz. He homered yesterday. Now, I played Aledmus Diaz in DFS, and if you listen to the sport, the uh, Sportsline DFS podcast, it does help sometimes to just kind of understand good matchups, and it puts things in perspective. I'm not surprised that Diaz had a good game yesterday. They were facing bad pitching. But he does have two home runs. He's batting 313, uh, no walks, three strikeouts so far. And just two years ago, Diaz had a, a really good year for the Cardinals. So there's Aledmus Diaz, 7, 7% owned, and Howie Kendrick, 8% owned. What do you think about those guys? I think Diaz is going to be a riser for me when I update these rankings today. I'm not saying he's going to be a top 12 shortstop all of a sudden, but he'll he'll be in the top 20 and um, with the potential to move up from there. He was a guy all of us liked coming off that rookie season. I, I He was probably the shortstop I had the most shares in going into last season. So if he uh, if he shows the kind of power he showed then, and we'll probably have an indication of that pretty early, then uh, he could he could gain a lot of value in a short period of time. Uh, that is a lead, Miss Diaz. I have a tough question for you. I hope you're sitting down. It's going to be not easy for me to even say, guys. But is it time to sit Chris Archer in road starts? So I, I, no. he gave up a 346 foot home run yesterday. Yes, that's just that's stupid. Uh, okay, like, but I, I have more he data. He was for good. You. He was very good in the first start. I think I don't even think that's a question. Well, that was a home start. Okay. Uh, okay. Fair. So so yeah, let's put it in context, right? Chris Archer gave up four runs in six innings against the Red Sox. One walk, six strikeouts. That was his opening day. Two of those runs were on the stupid Eduardo Nunez inside the park homer. It never should have happened. So yes, he had a good start. But yesterday, five innings. For some reason, he didn't wear long sleeves. That was a big mistake. Five innings, four runs, three walks, eight strikeouts at the Yankees, and. The last two years, he's had a 497 road ERA and a 544 road ERA. In uh, about 200 innings, he's given up 37 home runs on the road in 2016 and 17. So I don't know if it's every road start, but like if you see him at Fenway or you see him at Yankee Stadium or even at Rogers Center, I think it's time to start asking the question about whether or not Chris Archer is a must-start in those situations. I, I, I don't know that he is. I'm allowing you to ask the question. Well, thank you. I am not to that point. I mean, even this start, the fact he got eight strikeouts, like, it was a bad start, yes, but there's still, like, he still contributed something positive there, and I feel like he pretty much always does. Like, that's, like, if he was just kind of an above-average strikeout pitcher, it'd be easier to justify, but he is, you know, among the top five strikeout getters in baseball and you can't make that kind of investment in him and not let him carry you in that category 
I and he guess. also had a 344 career. He has a 344 career ERA at Yankee Stadium too. So there you go. Yeah, but I mean now the Yankees are much better now, and he has been a worse pitcher over the last two years. And over the last two years, it's mostly been home runs on the road. I think if you could isolate one problem, it seems to be home runs on the road. 37 home runs in about 200 innings on the road. It's just all right. You know what? Let's keep an eye on it. It's probably too early. And it was the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. And, yes, the Didi Glorious home run was very, very Yankee Stadium of him. On the other hand, he's not going to get to face Giancarlo Stanton every day. So <laughs> that's he really only struck out five batters yesterday. Right. Um, okay, so email of the day number one, real quick here, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com, from Loyal But Disturbed in St. Louis. I love the show. I listen every day. I have the Sandlot in my top three movies of all time. You can imagine how disturbed I was to listen while you unceremoniously ripped apart what is a national treasure of a film. Bertram Grover Weeks is the, quote, nerdy kid, your words, on the team. It sounds like you're basing this solely on the fact that he wears glasses. <laughs> However, small— have you, ever se- have you ever seen a movie before? I have, yeah. He's the nerdy kid. He wears glasses. That's, that's how true. it works. Yeah, I guess that's true. However, Hollywood. Smalls makes it clear in the narration that the erector set they use belongs to him, not Weeks, as you stated yesterday. Also, the line you were quoting, we've been going about this all wrong, I blame myself. While it is a triumph of a quote, it was not Weeks that said this, it was the underappreciated Timmy Timmons who said these timeless words after the vacuum cleaners had blown up inside the treehouse. Oh, and one more thing, John Mosellac. It's pronounced Mosellac. Oh, Mosellac. Mosellac. Other than that, you guys are, are doing amazing work. I'm a huge fan. John Mazeliak. You guys shredded the sandlot yesterday. No, what I, I, I ref, I got minor details wrong <laughs> while referencing it off the top of my head. Oh. I'm so sorry. So you weren't bashing the movie. No, it's you a just, great were, movie. Okay. I was praising the movie. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. just, I just, you just, he's, he's a sandlot nerd. It's been a while. And he didn't like Wait, that we don't know if he wears, we don't know if he wears glasses. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Loyal from, loyal but disturbed in St. Louis, you have to let us know if you wear glasses. Email of the day number two is from Dan. In 19, it's 1942. You and your friends have decided to try this new game called fantasy baseball. Who's the number one pick? Teddy ball game or Jolton Joe? So I have done this. Uh, <laughs> I have this research available. <laughs> In 1941, so that's the season that we're coming off of at this point, Ted Williams hit 406 with 37 homers and had 726.5 fantasy points. It's the 54th best fantasy season of all time by fantasy points in terms of hitters. Joe DiMaggio hit 357, only 674 fantasy points. Ted Ted Williams is the clear number one pick. In either Roto or head-to-head, because he also had the 406 batting average. By the way, to put that in context, how many points did Charlie Blackman score last year? Like 640 or something? Uh, yeah, no. I, I was doing this to see like where current players. He had 653. It's 653. the 217th best season of all time. And how much did Williams have in 1941? Uh, 726. Okay. Actually, so Blackman was was actually not that far off. I mean, it's a, it's big, but it, you know that is Ted Williams we're comparing him to. All right, uh, another way to get ready for the Masters, I already told you about Sportsline. How about CBS Sports HQ? I watch on my Roku every day. You can watch on your connected device or at CBSSportsHQ.com or Amazon Fire, Roku, Apple TV, a cell phone, whatever. Just download the CBS Sports app and watch HQ, a brand-new 24-7 streaming sports info channel. It's always on. It is completely free, and you can stream it anytime on the CBS Sports app. We have some more Team Name Tuesday, of course, on a Wednesday. Uh, just in time for Easter, Josiah gives us 
The Kingery is Reeson. The Kingery. I got it. Yeah, is yeah. Reese Hoskins Reeson. And this one's great from Chris. Sally Jesse Raphael Devers. Right? It works. Sure, yeah. It works. <laughs> it w- it would work with anybody named Raphael, right? Yeah, it would. Yeah. Let's keep her drop. Play keep her drop here. Kevin Kiermeyer, fifty nine percent owned, keep her drop. Keep keep. Trey Mancini, seventy eight percent owned, keep her drop. Drop. There's no reason to own him in a points lead. I'll say that much. Five out for the league, you're keeping him, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Trey Mancini. Chris Davis, 0 for 5 with 4Ks. This is Cirrus Davis. Bad A, he's what, 1 for 20. Keeper drop. There's no reason to own him in points leagues. He was making up for lost time. He only had one strikeout before yesterday. Yeah. Oh, man. Matt Kemp, 58% owned. You can drop him. Drop. Jorge Alfaro. 0 for 3. He got pinch hit for in a big spot last night. He's off to a bad start. Jorge Alfaro, 39%. Drop, except in like a two-catcher. Yeah, I'm keeping him in two catchers. Jorge Alfaro. And Jorge Soler, 28% owned. Keep. Um, He's hitting the ball really hard, and he just has had zero luck. He had a a ball the other day that had a 99% hit probability, and it was caught. And, of course, it was at Comerica. But you'd rather have Trey Mancini, right, just to put it in I would rather have Jorge Soler. Okay. Ooh, wow. All right, so rank Jorge Soler, Matt Kemp, Trey Mancini. I would go Mancini, Soler, Kemp. Soler, Mancini, Kemp. Man, I, I don't – I mean, just because you're putting him last doesn't mean you totally hate him or anything, but I don't uh, want to completely dismiss the Matt Kemp thing. It's only five games. He wasn't bad last year. He really wasn't. He's also lost a lot of weight. He made a really good play in the field the other day. He's a terrible fielder. How How many games has he started so far? That's my – I they've think been... four. Okay. I mean, I, I can double check because it is a very important question. Uh, I'm pulling it up right he's now. He's played five games. Five of the six, yep. Oh, but, uh, Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson. He's gotten one start over Kemp and left and one start over Chris Taylor in center. Okay, let's get to the rotation real quick. Zach Godley, only three strikeouts. Definitely did not have his best stuff last night, but still held the Dodgers to four hits and one run. Beat Clayton Kershaw. He did. Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels, 11 strikeouts. I, everything looks good. This was good really so interesting. Far. Yeah. So you it know, was. uh, really, a really weird start in so many ways. Have you, have you guys seen X-Men First Class? No. Yes. There's the whole, like, adapt or die motto that, uh, what's his name? Kevin Bacon has. That's where Cole Hamels is at in his career. I thought his, that was Billy Bean. Maybe. Moneyball. That's that's a good movie too. Yeah, yeah uh, but yeah, he he's reached the point where his fastball is just not any good, and so he's not throwing it. And that is typically what happens with uh, starting pitchers as they get older. He only threw thirty-seven uh, four seamers or two seamers. And here's the thing: it, he averaged mid eighties on his fastball. Uh, not eighty-nine. According, According to, to baseball, baseball savant. savant, yeah, his cutter was eighty-five. Well, look, I, we we all, you know, I certainly did. I think a lot of people watched the first game he pitched against the Astros on opening day, and we came away thinking there was actually some encouraging signs for Cole Hamels, even though he gave up four runs or three runs. But, again, the walks are a problem, and this is the last two seasons, 3.5, 3.2 walks per nine, and, and he was not that kind of – he was a good control pitcher, and yeah, he's got seven I mean, walks so far in ten and two-thirds. If he's an average walk pitcher again, like he's been the last two years, that, that's 
Like that's that's not really as much what I'm concerned about is really? just is his stuff any good anymore? And you know, based on K per nine so far, it looks like it is. But and and he had an intention this spring of striking out more hitters. He realized he needed to do that and started incorporating a slider. I I don't know that he threw even one slider in this start. So I don't I don't know exactly where this is coming from. His changeup is still awesome, and he got most of his swinging strikes on that. Uh, but if there's not a good fastball to pair with it or at least a respectable fastball, then how long is that going to last? I don't know. I would, I think I'd be looking to sell high on Cole Hamels right now. Just seems yeah. like it could fall apart very quickly. Yeah, I, I really think the walks are a big issue. Also, the thing, one thing about Hamels, you apparently don't think that way, Scott. That's fine. Um, well, it's just, there's bigger issues there than the walks. Like, sure. it's hard for me to, like, I, I, there's so many hurdles that have to be cleared before I can worry about the walks with Cole Hamels. Gotcha. But I hear what you're saying. Uh, he he even last year he held lefties to an OPS under 500. So if you get a lefty heavy lineup, you might get a good start from from Cole Hamels. You might be more likely to get a good start. Something to keep in mind. If you get a righty heavy lineup, you might want to be a little cautious. Uh, bullpen stuff. Dominic Leone was about to get a save and then he gave up back to back home runs and he blew it and it doesn't matter because they have Greg Holland. <laughs> And Keone Kella got his first save of the game. And that brings us to today's games. We'll go through this real quick and play some starter sit. Early games, a lot of them today. Uh, wow, a lot of them. Scherzer, yes. Fulton Evich, no. Uh, no way. Blake Snell at the Yankees, starter sit. I, I think I'd start. I can't believe he only got like two strikeouts in his last start because his stuff was incredible. Yeah, Red uh, Sox. I, yeah, start. Red Sox don't K. They did yesterday. Uh, Phillies at Mets. Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola, Noah Syndergaard. We're starting them. Start both. You'll yep. De- you'll definitely get four good innings with Nola before the bullpen. <laughs> so. All right, here's a more interesting one. Danny Duffy at the Tigers against Daniel Norris. Do we want either of these guys? I will roll the dice on Danny Duffy with that matchup. It is freezing and mm. apparently may snow in Detroit, so keep an eye on that one. Yes, good pitching environment yesterday, and we saw, I think, a one nothing game. Good pitching environment today, probably. O's at Astros. Dylan Bundy at Dallas Keuchel. Starter sit Bundy. If if the slider throwing Bundy from last time shows up, he might just do well against the Astros yeah, lineup, but I'm but, not going to bet on yeah. it. No Correa, though. Yeah, that, that, they still have pretty good guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're fine. Uh, Dodgers, Diamondbacks. Alex Wood at Patrick Corbin. Start them both? Definitely Wood. Um, I would lean toward Corbin unless you're just really trying to be careful with the RA and whip. Corey Kluber at Tyler Skaggs. I, I'm not going to trust Tyler Skaggs against this matchup. Yeah. Okay. Twins at Pirates. Odorizzi at Ivan Nova. I could, yeah, I might start Odorizzi against the Pirates. It's, you I know. I might start Nova against the Twins. I wouldn't do that. Okay. We've got Carson Fulmer and Aaron Sanchez, White Sox and Blue Jays. Start Sanchez. Yep. Felix Hernandez and Johnny Cueto. We starting them both? Yeah. Uh, I am not starting Felix. All right. It's a good matchup. Other than Joe Penn. It is. They can't I just hit. think he's a bad pitcher. And in San Francisco. We are going to start, okay, we are going to start Carlos Martinez. We're going to sit Yolisha Seen. Rangers A's, Doug Fister at Shaw Manaya. I'm willing to throw Manaya out there after that debut. Yeah. Yeah. And Rockies Padres, John Gray at Clayton Richard. I will start John Gray. Yep. And let's finish with some emails. This is from Dave. Ron, Gary, and Keith. 
Matt's announcers? The best announcers in the biz. Mm. My bottom three starting pitchers are Sean Mania, Dylan Bundy, and Shohei Otani. Should I drop any of them for Jake Junis? I get the feeling Heath might say yes, uh, but I would not. It would be a close call for me with Manaya, but yeah, I think I'd lean toward keeping Manaya. Maybe depending how this start goes for Manaya would change my opinion. Dan from Liberty Mass. I decided to punt saves, but I have Rysel Iglesias on my roster. I've been offered Blake Snell for Iglesias. Pull the trigger or hold out for a better offer? It's a pretty good offer. Yeah. Yeah. I like both a lot. I mean, why did you punt saves and end up with Rysel Iglesias? It doesn't seem like you punted saves. Like I don't like punting categories. So if you leave your path, if you if you leave yourself with a with a a path toward not having to punt, um, I, that's preferable to me. I think um, you know the value for these two is pretty even. But I think given your circumstances, uh, I'd hold on to Iglesias and be on the lookout for a second closer to pair with him. If Snell doesn't pitch, if Snell if Snell pitches well today but doesn't have a good start, like doesn't have a good line. I'm gonna probably be look. I'll probably make some buy low offers on Snell. Um, yeah, his velocity was up in the first start. He was averaging like, especially early on. I don't. I don't think he was able to sustain it, but he was at like 96, 97 in the first couple innings of that game. Here's Oscar from Chicago. Who would you rather have in a eight team dynasty points league? Scott Kingery or Eduardo Nunez? Eight team league. Kingery or Nunez? Kingery, and because of the dynasty aspect. Yeah, and the playing time. You never know with Nunez when Pedroia comes back. Uh, from Michael, dear Brewer, Horford, and Noah. Ugh. Florida Gators legends. Head-to-head points league. I'm trading John Lester for Ian Happ. What do you think? Eh. At points league especially, I'd definitely rather have Lester. And you know I don't even like Lester, but there are, you know, the playing time concerns for Happ are playing out in the worst possible way, and he's striking out a ton. Yeah. So in a points league where there are a lot of replacement second basemans and strikeouts hurt you, like, I think Hap's borderline droppable in that format. This is from, this is from Cliff. This is a Cheers reference, uh, sort of. Hey, Archibald, Bernard, and Lucille. So I think this was the question that, yeah, the question that Cliff got wrong on Jeopardy, something like that. I, I, I know it, but I don't really know it. Haiku <laughs> question. Head to head, 12 points. <laughs> With the Lionel to Shields hurt, should I start Tucker? No, you could do better than that in a 12-team yeah. head-to-head points league. Yes, you can do much better than that. And Chris from Edmonton, somebody just dropped Kyle Seeger in my head-to-head points dynasty league, 14 teams. What? Should I, should I pick up Kyle Seeger? Um, yeah. I can drop Javier Baez, Miguel Andujar, or Orlando Arcia. I would drop any of them. Yeah, I would drop any um, of them. Uh, but Andujar, uh, points league, it's probably Baez, isn't it? Uh, unless, you know, unless you really value that versatility, um, yeah, he's, he's just not going to be a huge contributor in that format, I don't think ever. Uh, which, you know, Andujar, the odds are against him being that either. So you could go either way. All right. See you later, everybody. We'll talk to you on Thursday, recapping Wednesday's games. And that's it. Goodbye.